Good morning. It's time for Awaken with Dr. Joe and Mark Holcraft. Awaken airs the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 7 a.m. Central with the Executive Director of Real Presence Radio, Mark Holcraft, and his brother, Dr. Joe Holcraft, Professor and Director of the High Calling Program at the Avila Institute. Together with a mix of national and local personalities, connecting examples in church history, contemporary relevance, and lively witness of the saints, Mark and Joe will share how the Holy Spirit is working to awaken in all of us a deeper sense of what we are made for, a life in Christ. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Radio's Awaken. We are excited to be with you. Um, you know, it, a couple of weeks goes by and sometimes it feels like it's just longer than others because it feels like it's been a while since we've been with you. Uh, good morning, Joe. Mark, great to be with you. Another day. It is another day. Great to be with you too. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, we have been in some tremendous need of rain. And uh, we've been getting a little bit, so mm. a little bit surely, so a little bit surely. Uh, but in our yeah. part of the country, um, it's it's been a definite need, and you could tell it because it's making its way to the uh, petitions of mass. <laughs> it's a, it's a, mm. a real need, mm. you know. Um, and yeah. so much mm. of our listenership, uh, being rural as it is, we are very dependent on our farmers, and it's you know it's. Joe, it's a good thing. It's a good thing in the sense of reminding that we, you know, we need to be dependent not only on others, but ultimately how we just, we have to be dependent on God for all things. Um, and so it brings us to our knees in a good way in that way. Yeah. And, and does it not underscore Mark our subject matter, uh, just not for this morning, but what we've been talking about over the past three to four months, right? Oh, that um, So true. You just said it, unbended knee, right? We, we, we are called to be unbended knee each and every day. And how do we do this? Well, this is uh, some of what we're going to talk about. <laughs> this is yeah. for sure. Oh, exactly. And so before we dive uh, any further, let's go ahead and begin in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. We ask that your Holy Spirit be on our lips and on the ears of each of us and our listeners. Lord, we know that so often we feel like we have so much to say, but we pray that you would first anoint our ears, that we would first seek to listen, uh, to listen versus to first be the one speaking and so that we'd be heard. Uh, Lord, we trust you hear our prayers. We trust your infinite grace and your mercy. Uh, you are a God of blessings. You're a God of miracles. Lord, we just ask that you continue to teach us to pray as we ought. Uh, but in particular, Lord, please increase within us a holy love and desire for the Holy Mass and the gift that it is to us. We pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, through the power of your Holy Spirit and in all things in and through the intercession of Our Lady. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Joe... We're talking pray and thanksgiving, praying and thanksgiving and praise to God. Uh, and, and this is just as we hinted at earlier, you know, I was approaching it from the context of, you know, few things catch our attention more, I think, in, in, in this of the world, let alone any person than weather. Weather, is, it is an everyday <laughs> thing, you know, and it, yeah. it is often, yeah. it just makes us quickly dependent 
on the Lord and going to the Lord. Um, and yet, how often we look for other ways to solve problems before we even get to that point of going to the Lord. And this brings us, it brings me to, to our topic today, Joe, uh, the gift of being able to pray, to pray in thanksgiving, to praise to, and, and in praise to God. And yet, again, through this lens of intercession. Hmm. Yeah, Mark, St. Paul tells us, you know, in his letter to the Philippians, and it's just such a beautiful verse, such a beautiful reminder uh, of the disposition we are to have, just not uh, every once in a while, but all the time. It's in Philippians 4, 6, where he says, in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Right, so in everything, uh, does that include the weather mark? You better believe it, <laughs> right? Yeah, in absolutely. everything, but he says, uh, and, and note there in prayer and petition. So there's this exhortation mark from Saint Paul to the Church of Philippi to um, uh, offer your prayers of intercession with thanksgiving. And what does that mean? But to, to, to talk about thanksgiving relationship to prayer mark just from the outset what we need to establish is that it is certainly uh, for paul to the church of philippi a reminder that their their uh, confidence in god rests on the ways they have already known his power huh how they already have come to know his power um, the power that uh, as he talked earlier in that letter that was already uh at work inside of them. So he's saying, remember what the good Lord has done for you. And in that remembrance, offer prayer and petition in thanksgiving, uh, in confidence that God is going to perform a great work. Uh, This is why many commentaries, Mark, have, have connected the word thanksgiving with faith, because confidence is faith. We've talked about this a great deal already. But there's Something else going on here that I want to bring our attention to, Mark, and you you actually see it in other passages as well. Here I'm thinking of Second uh, Corinthians chapter four, verse fifteen, where Paul says, "Everything indeed is for you, so that the grace bestowed in abundance on more and more people may cause the thanksgiving <laughs> to overflow for the glory of God." Um, so here you have. Uh, the word grace tied to thanksgiving. What's going on here? Uh, Why uh, dwell on this word thanksgiving like this? Well, the the Greek word for thanksgiving, I think a lot of our Catholic listeners know, Mark, is Eucharistia. It's where we get the word Eucharist. It's it's why you've already uh, started to talk about the uh, the Mass a little bit, right? Yeah, exactly. But what's interesting as the word, yes, yes, the word thanksgiving as it comes from Eucharistia, what is inside that Greek? Uh, But the root word charis, it's where we get the word joy or grace. What did the angel uh, say to Our Lady, say to Mary, uh, hail full of grace, the Greek there is kekaritomine, so eucharistia or eucharistesos. So when you talk about thanksgiving, what you're talking about, Mark, is this prayer that is uh, filled with grace, right? Filled with grace, this, this grace of confidence. And so uh, for this reason, we continue to see throughout Paul's letters this this need to 
to pray with thanksgiving. Yes, that God is going to continue to work in your life. And this is what the prayer of thanksgiving in the end is about, Mark. Um, it really brings to complete what God has already started in your heart. And how does it bring it to completion? By saying audibly with mind and heart, right? Uh, thank you. Thank you. There's the beautiful story that comes to us uh, from the Jewish legend, from a Jewish legend. After God created the world, he turned to the angels and asked what they they thought of his work. And one of them replied, the world is so vast and so perfect that there was nothing wanting except a voice to offer God that which is owed to him an expression of gratitude. Right? The prayer of thanksgiving, Mark, in the end, is a grace-filled prayer that brings to completion what God has already started in, in your heart. And all we need to do is say thank you. Mean it. <laughs> we have to mean it. But we need to say thank you. And as this thank you is imported back to God in prayer, conversation with God, it must never stop. It's unceasing. It's persevering. Huh? Colossians 4.2, persevere in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So uh, this beautiful expression of gratitude uh, is the beautiful prayer of thanksgiving where we say to God, thank you for what you've done in my life and for what you're going to continue to do in my life. Amen to that. Uh, and, it, what, and one of the things that stands out to me, Joe, is that if we're going to come back to Mass. And of course, as, as we're preparing for this show, I'm, I'm thinking of Bishop Cousins' uh, call for Eucharistic revival and that being brought to the bishops. I mean, there's so many layers, and I'm sure there'll be many shows that uh, we'll do on Real Presence Radio to continue to um, peel the layers behind that for Eucharistic revival. But that one disposition is to begin with the mm. spirit of thanksgiving. You know, and so we go mm. into the Mass, like our disposition, as you're talking, Joe. What is our disposition? So on a very practical level, as we approach the Mass, the Holy Mass, and truly the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, what is our disposition but one of thanksgiving? And it's not just that we go in with, um, you know, we're thankful for all the blessings of the week, and so we give back to the Lord by going on Sunday. I mean, that's one part of it, and it's good. But that we come in, and you indicate this, Joe, you've, I've heard you speak to this, and you indicate this too in, in your book, but you come in with prayers ready, like prayers ready to be offered up at Mass. You know, so not yes. only just in a spirit yes. of petition, you know, certainly we, we bring our petitions with us to Mass. Um, what, what, are we, but what are we going to intercede for? But also, what are we grateful for? It's one thing, mm. it almost feels a little bit incomplete that we go to Mass uh, on Sunday in the spirit of Thanksgiving for the week. One, because it's so much more, but it's also, it's the eighth day, so it's the beginning. It's the end and the beginning mm-hmm. as we approach yes. that. But then, yes. so it's not just well the end of the week, but it's approaching the beginning of a new week. Uh, it conjures up in me a sense of there's so much to give. Like we, we ourselves become a part of that offering within the mass. And this is of course what yes. we're being called to, you know? Yes. And so, and then through that lens of intercession, well, what are we offering to God? Well, we're offering ourselves to God. Mm. There's Amen. So, I mean, there's so, there's so much. Um, and, and as it should be, there's so much 
in this great prayer of thanksgiving, that being the Eucharist, Eucharistia, as you said. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, so I'm just, I find myself as I'm listening to you, um, I love it. There's this layers to what you're saying, Joe. And uh, as sure. I listen, it's like, I just want to go in <laughs> and uh, to some extent make sense of it. Now, and I want to be careful even when I say that because it's a mystery. It's we're never yeah. we're never going to make sense of all of it, but to ponder the depths of it. Just and you referred to Mary earlier too, being full of grace. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm processing, and, and we come into the mass in that very Marian disposition of how she pondered all these things in her heart. Yeah. And so I, I would. I would encourage that of our listeners as well. As we're talking, as we continue to discuss this morning, Joe, this disposition of gratitude and thanksgiving um, and in petition, how we approach the mass. I mean, this is just one part. This is just one of the, I think, one of the tips you make reference to in taking your petitions of intercession with you to mass. Um, you know, we even sometimes I have heard some people say, you know, well, there's, you know, I feel like if you if you bring all this stuff, all your petitions to mass, you know, well, that's like a lot of things. I mean, we just I just usually offer up one or two things because, you know, I don't think we realize it, but we're actually processing. Sometimes I think that we're we're going to give God too much, <laughs> um, which mm. on mm. a human level, I think I think it's thinking as a human, but we can never give God too much. It can yeah, only no. just we continue to pour ourselves out. Yeah, yeah, Mark, you, you're raising a lot of good points there, and as you emphasize the word disposition, I am made to think of Saint Thomas Aquinas, who placed a huge emphasis on the word disposition as it relates to the Mass. Why? Uh, the word disposition it's derived from the Latin disponere. It 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 has the idea of opening. Uh, up your hands and really extending your hands to God, right? So that is a disposition, Mark, of both giving and receiving, is it not? Right. Um, you want to give yourself to the Father and at the same time receive His love. So what St. Thomas Aquinas wants us to see, and, and ultimately, right, Mark, the Church wants us to see is that, yeah, the Mass is, is about um, both giving and receiving because this is the nature of love, Right. Um, there's there's the giver and there's the receiver. And of course, the love shared between the giver and the receiver is the Holy Spirit. So we enter into the dynamism, that the beauty, the forcefulness, gentle forcefulness, if you will, of the triune God. Now, Mark, you talk about intercession. Specifically, you know, <laughs> you can never give God enough. And and you're, you're right. And just as soundbite, what we need to understand is that there is great power in placing our petitions on the altar as part of our offering of thanksgiving to God. And I would say, Mark, especially, especially uh, uh, to pray our petitions into the Eucharistic prayer of Epiclesis, right? That prayer of invocation of the Holy Spirit upon the bread and wine and liturgy. So what we're made to understand there, Mark, is as the Holy Spirit transforms the bread and wine on the altar into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, we ought to pray that the Holy Spirit transform the person or situation or many situations um, that we have placed on the altar. A very important. And be mindful too, Mark, that when the bread is broken, 
so God breaks into the life of the broken soul or the broken situation um, for whom or for what we are praying, huh? So Amen. as we place Amen. our intentions on the table of transformation, Mark, what I want us to understand is that we need to be prayerfully attentive to this invasion of grace is made possible for you and I and all of our listeners as we start to sink ourselves into this, well, what did you say, Mark? Eucharistic revival? Allow our prayers of petition to be a part of that Eucharistic revival. Lean into God and understand that when doing this at Mass, we are praying the prayer of thanksgiving par excellence. You can't do it any better than that, right? Uh, allow God on the table of transformation to transform the very thing you are praying for, because guess what? He hears our prayers, and indeed, is it is an invasion of grace, and it just might even touch the weather, Mark, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> the farms and, 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 and all of the soil and acreage, <laughs> yes, that, that, that needs our person. I mean, time and time again, uh, I've read stories about the prayer of intercession throughout uh, just not salvation history, but even recent days, um, and how God has supplied rain. I mean, we talked about Elijah recently, right? Um, So it's there. We just need to pray with that conviction, that confidence, Mark, and do so with the anticipation that God is going to bring to completion what he has already started, and he's going to use the weather too. <laughs> and, well, it's Amen. absolutely true. It's absolutely true. I mean, he he's the God of all that he's created, right? He's the creator of everything he's created. And I think that's part of what we need to remember. There's so much that we can bring to him because it's what he's created. You know, he's very aware. He He's the author of all living things. And so the as author, he knows, and he has the authority, right? And then you know that we play on that word. As the author, he has the authority to, to dictate and as you said, Joe, that we come to him in faith. Joe, we got to take a break here. But when we come back, we'll be discussing a little bit, just more on Thanksgiving and gratitude, but even when you don't feel like it. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more after this short coffee break. You're listening to Awaken on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Welcome back to Awaken on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now back to more lively, faith-filled conversation with Mark and Dr. Joe Hallcraft. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio's Awaken. Uh, You're with Mark and Dr. Joe Hallcraft. Uh, We're excited to be with you. It's so good to be with you. Um, If you are just tuning in, we've been talking about pray and thanksgiving and praise to God. You know, we're still continuing and looking at prayer through the lens of intercession uh, because intercessory prayer, Joe, it's, I think without even, with the, without even thinking about it, it is such a part of our everyday life of prayer. Um, we're interceding and petitioning the Lord, uh, whether it's on behalf of others or and things going on in our own life all the time, all the time. And so, but today we're discussing to pray and thanksgiving and praise to God. 
Um, and Joe, I want to particularly zero in on a couple of different ideas. One, to pray unceasingly, to pray unceasingly. And you actually, you gave an image earlier that I felt was not just poetic, but it, it, it was striking, you know, the disposition, you, you broke down disposition and how hmm. uh, one aspect in breaking down disposition is then our, to lift the hands up and uh, open to the Lord. So one that is a spirit of surrender, but also a spirit of reception, receptivity to receive. Um, I think mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that visual for me in approaching intercessory prayer is a powerful one. Um, one, because uh, the image that comes to mind, and I've shared it so many times when I've spoken to groups, is uh, in that context of prayer, if the hands are open, if the hands are raised up to uh, an authority. I think of my own children when they were young, when they were young babes, you know, and I think of course with your kids too, mm-hmm. when they go to you in, in sure. a need or just a want, you know, uh, I think of my own and I have six kids now. And so the most apt I think is Sophia cause she's the youngest. She's five years old. She's still at a point <laughs> when she's in need. If she wants something from me, the first thing she does is if she raises her hands to be held and to be pulled up. Um, offering herself, she's in need, but then also uh, as a child raises her hands um, because she knows I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to pick her up. Yeah. And so just her receptivity. And if I don't pick her up right away, she keeps her hands open and raised and maybe sometimes even hits me, <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But that childlike disposition um, of not only surrendering, but to receive is one that I th- it is profound, you know, it's profound, but even yeah. in the moments, and this is a little bit, so the, the pray unceasingly, but also the aspect, Joe, and this is where I, I let off just before our break, even when we don't feel like it to go to the Lord. And that raises mm-hmm. the whole other sense of to offer to God, a sacrifice of praise. And of, mm-hmm. I think uh, the author to the Hebrews, that's in, you know, chapter 13, verse 15, uh, he says, through him then, let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that confess his name. Hmm. I, when I approach that scripture verse in that context, there's, you know, a little bit, because I know there's more to it than just the context of, uh, you know, to praise when you don't feel like it. So then your praise then becomes a sacrifice. Well, one person can ask, well, then if you don't feel like praying and you're trying to pray, isn't that fake? Isn't that just lip service? Not when you're in that spirit of, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to anyway, uh, because God is deserving of my praise at all times. Then it's like another layer and level that prayer, the prayer and that praise, it's really not about you. And it never had really anything to do with you unless you're asking the Lord for the help. But then it just purifies that worship. It purifies that prayer it purifies your motives. Even why, why do you go to the Lord with intercession? Um, is intercession the only time you need to go to the Lord? How about just going to the Lord in prayer to just praise him, just to just praise God because he is God. And it's not about you or what you Amen. feel like. Um, yeah. So I, I think there's a, it, it kind of starts to peel back another layer and it purifies us. It exposes us, um, but also draws us near, nearer to the Lord. And so I just love to hear what you have to say in regards to like that, because that becomes a part of that reality of how do you pray unceasingly? Yeah. 
Well, Mark, I believe it was maybe uh, well, early on in our episodes where we were talking about generally um, praying when we don't feel like it. And uh, there's the tendency to think in our minds and hearts, well, if if I'm not in the mood or if not if I'm not in the space, then you know what kind of fruit can my prayer actually bear? Well, um, I, I phrase it this way: <laughs> if you only have 25 percent to give, then give 100 percent of the 25, or five, or even down to one percent. And right. actually, if if you can give your 100 percent into the one percent, which is essentially just give anything and everything you have of what you have left, that kind of prayer can be incredible. Because it situates our, ourselves in solidarity with our brothers and sisters in Christ who do who who do feel down, those whom we are often praying for, right? So there's incredible value to that. And then yes, as we not only open up our hands, but even Mark, I would, I would also offer up the image of extending our arms, right? Extending, our, reaching up, reaching out, so as to grab hold of our Father. Um, this in of itself is a form of praise. I know for many of our listeners, Mark, they're familiar with the language of praise and worship. Well, speaking of disposition, a disposition of praise and worship is to lift up your arms, right? And and open up your hands to show God the Father that, that you are both uh, giving and receiving. Um, you know, you, you right. talk about uh, Hebrews 13, Mark. There's also the passage, and I think it it's a complement to that passage, Ephesians 5, verses 18 and following, where St. Paul says, Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, always and for everything, giving thanks in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, St. Paul here in his letter to the, to the Ephesians uh, wants our Eucharistic thanksgiving to spill over into our everyday life in unceasing praise. So we've acquired this disposition, right? When we go into Mass, we, we open up our hands, we, ex- we extend our arms, and we offer ourselves as a sacrifice of praise, receiving and giving. Um, and then that spills itself out into um, all that we do. Right? He speaks to the 24-7-365 here, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17. He also says to pray without ceasing. So how might we look at this, this word praise? Praise is something we do every day, right? I mean, <laughs> we do, we're one yeah. of the 11 kids, Mark. <laughs> we, um, each and every one of us have, have praised many people and things, right? Just more personally. You know, I have praised many athletes. I was having a discussion about certain athletes the other day with my oldest son. Um, we praise actors, we praise actresses, we praise musicians, um, so on and so forth, right? We, we're in the business of praising every day. Why? Because there's something innate, Mark, something inside of us that finds it necessary, if you will, to laud achievement, to maybe extol the, the fruit of hard work, and acclaim excellence because, and I hinted upon this earlier, Mark, we almost find that our lauding, our praising, completes something we've experienced or seen. Um, but here again, apply this to faith. When we praise God, when we open up our hands and extend our arms, um, we are bringing to completion something that 
that God's not doing in someone else, but that God's doing inside of us. Exactly. Right? And, and yeah. we are not, Mark, we're not praying God to satisfy his ego, but because of our enjoyment of him would otherwise be incomplete. Saying thank you and being grateful, which again, gratitude just means release of loveliness or release of graciousness, is, is to experience God in a, in a powerful way. Uh, and this certainly ought to be a part of, of this conversation we're having this morning. Well, and Joe, there's so much to be said in regards to how the body, I mean, really in that, uh, in that, in that prayer of praise and worship, you know, it's the body responding to what is most natural of what is moving in the heart, you know, mm. and that's, that's, I go back to that image of the child, you know, um, because the child comes to you, there's, there's really not going to be any misgiving. You know, it just, the actions yes. of the body, it just really, it's a residual of what's moving in the heart. But in, in just as you said, we bring that in a spirit of prayer. You bring that as an offering to God as you go to the Lord. And often the Holy Spirit is stirring and moving in the heart that the action is, is that spirit of surrender. And what does it lead mm. to? It's leading to giving your all to give everything. And so you refer to Ephesians 5 earlier. I'm looking at Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks always for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. And that's the body starts to emanate where the spirit is moving internally. And so this this uh, almost release, if you will, um, it's a release in the sense of, like like you said, there's a need for closure or completion. Mm-hmm. Well, how can the body but not lift or raise your arms up in that spirit of surrender, but also completion, closure, that oneness with the Lord. I'm giving you everything of me. And in turn, by my giving you everything of me, you're filling me anew. And we go back to, again, Mm -hmm. this Eucharistic revival. You know, if we bring this spirit with us to mass and we bring our everything, if it's all of our petitions, all of our thoughts, all of our gratitude, and just as you said, gratitude uh, and grateful and grace, it all, it's all part of that you know, same root word. You're bringing all that to the forefront, to the Lord, and you give it all. You're giving the Lord your everything. And yet in your giving, you're being made new and you're, even, you're being fulfilled. It's, it's mm-hmm. one of those things only God does. Only God can do that. That as you empty yourself, you're actually being filled and made new. Amen. And as you use this language, Mark, something we need to be attentive to and emphasize, uh, or at least it's on my heart to emphasize right now, is the importance and the priority um, of the Holy Spirit. That, of course, this is the Holy Spirit inspiring something within us. Uh, And let's be clear, Mark, when we talk about this praise, we are also (laughs) talking about the audible word, the audible song. Right. Um, you know, the, the phrase to sing is, is one of the most common verses in all of the Bible. Benedict XVI and his The Spirit of Liturgy really emphasize this. So what we are made to see then is that a sure sign, a sure sign that the Holy Spirit is dwelling within us is the ease, the ease at which we, thanks, uh, we thank God for his blessings. And, and this is what the Psalms show us, right, Mark? I mean... The Holy Spirit often inspires this praise and thanksgiving through song. Through song. I mean, we could say that um, 
inspired song is a love language of heaven. I, I reflect about uh, uh, on this a little bit in the book. The importance of, of understanding this, that song is actually an inspired love language of heaven. Now, I know for some of our listeners, Mark, they're hearing this like, well, you haven't heard my voice. <laughs> it doesn't sound <laughs> right. very inspired. Right? <laughs> but no, uh, God desires to hear it. Blame God for the voice that he gave you. <laughs> No, he, he desires to hear it. He's, he's the one who gave it to you, right? We are created in the image and likeness in all things, and that includes includes in the manner in which we offer to him song and, and the voice that he gave us. So praise in song is a beautiful manifestation of the divine indwelling, and certainly we can say a lovely place to place our prayers of intercession before God. Uh, this is why the Mass is so important, and this is why song in the Mass is so important, right? Right. The, the, the entirety of the Psalms um, is about, you know, this, uh, this inspired song. Uh, many of the Psalms specifically are what are, what are called Mark Todah uh, Psalms or, or hymns. Todah is the Hebrew word for thanksgiving, that the Eucharistia translates to Todah. So the Psalms are about thanksgiving and song. And certainly, this is this is important for us now. Mark, I know we have limited time in this second session here, but I just wanted to highlight the importance uh, of, of of praising God in song in three specific ways. First, this call we have to just not pray the office, the divine office, but chant the office, huh? Second, um, we've been given beautiful litanies of the saints to, to do that. Uh, I know you do this, Mark, in your family, and, and we do it as well. Um, and then to, to simply, uh, you know, pray those favorite prayers that we have been given. We can do so, you know, with an idiot, or we can do those individually. Shoot, why not even in a shower? But um, there are ways, Mark, to praise God unseasonally um, and ways which kind of um, reflect, or, or we can even bet better say, kind of um, are a spilling over of what and who we encounter during the Mass. Well, for sure, Joe. I, I, it's, you know, St. Augustine is credited with saying uh, something along the lines of to sing is to pray twice, you know, and I'm sure many of our listeners have heard that. Um, and one of the, the deeper truths in that is when we do sing, when we, and it's not just singing, uh, it's not just singing songs of, of worship or that are Catholic, whether it's hymns uh, or the singing the Psalms. Um, there's something, there's a deeper truth about singing opens up the heart. It opens up the mind. It opens up uh, the spirit of the person. And so I, this is just coming to mind. So even to sing songs that not, are not only nothing to do with God, but to sing songs then that are speaking a message that are, would be the opposite of, you know, if we're singing songs that, you know, is mainstream that maybe of a, a perverted sexuality or uh, to sing songs where the morality is just corrupt and poor, this opens a person's soul up to other things too. You know, so this yeah. is, a, it's a bit of a side note thing, but to come back to then all the more when we open up our spirit and our soul to the Lord through song, what it does, how it changes our internal, and again, we use the word disposition, but then also it starts to naturally develop a spirit of gratitude, you know, and this is what we're talking about. And in turn, Job, we could just take 
a minute, maybe less than, uh, infusing that gratitude into our intercession. And this is one of the things as a fruit of that kind of prayer, that praise that you're speaking of, Joe, to sing and to offer song and that praise is it becomes a natural infusion of grace, a natural mm-hmm. infusion of that gratitude to your intercessory prayer. We approach the Lord in intercession tr- with a greater trust in the author. We approach the Lord in a greater trust mm-hmm. in surrendering that we are not in charge. It is not under us. We do not have the authority to change, but that that change will happen under the authority of God the Father. Um, and so, so much. I love what we've discussed in this segment, Joe. We got to take a break here. Uh, but when we come back, I'm excited to discuss our saint of the day, uh, a woman of great witness of the power of intercession and the power of gratitude. You've made the right choice to listen to Awaken. Stay with us. There's much more to come after this short break. Is there an event that you would like announced right here on the RPR Network? Please email the details at least two weeks in advance to heather at realpresenceradio.com. That's H-E-A-T-H-E-R at realpresenceradio.com. We can help spread the word about what's happening at your parish and in your diocese. Again, that email address is heather at realpresenceradio.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. Now, back to more Awaken, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Welcome back to Awaken, Real Presence Radio's Wednesday morning, second and fourth Wednesday program. Uh, you're with Mark Holcraft, that is me, and I'm talking to my brother Joe, Dr. Joe Holcraft. We're excited to be with you. Uh, you know, just to, I want to put a little um, button, as I say, put a pin in it, <laughs> put a little button on a quick point we hit on in our last segment. Um, and actually, it's not going to be me putting a button on it, button, button on it as Joe it just you mentioned over our quick break um, in regards to music and praise. Uh, I think it's important that you share what you were thinking. Sure, Mark. Uh, in our tradition, right, uh, in our very rich Catholic and Christian tradition, we hold that Lucifer was the head of the choir of angels. Um, so if anyone knows uh, sound, music, it's it's the adversary, the tempter, right? So we we... We should have this in a rearview mirror. Uh, anytime we're talking about song, Mark, you were talking about secular music, um, be rest assured he knows what he's doing. And uh, while he's absent of humility, uh, he has supreme intellect. So we we have to just be mindful of that when we talk about song. Uh, because I know you and I, the both of us, have been in a number of different conversations, Mark, about music and the value of music. Well, it goes both ways. So we just have to be mindful of that again for sure and thanks for highlighting that and who knows better than in those areas than our saints uh but today's saint we go with saint kateri tekawitha uh a beautiful saint and i think joe she's a she's a patroness in a very special way and of our in our network you know the area Mm. of our network so much of our uh the markets and our listening network of real presence radio we have several reservations that are around our network and uh, one of the things that they have shared that I've learned from some of these communities is their great love of Kateri Kitekawitha. Mm. So mm. Um, that was one of the things as we were talking about this and considering 
and as you proposed, Kateri Tekawitha, uh, honestly, there's a part of me that was excited for our listening area. Because uh, yeah, I think she has sure. a special place in the hearts of, of our people here in the Northern Midwest. And I'm sure she does other parts of the country, you know, but let's face it, the Northern Midwest, we're better. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just, uh, well, um, I'm going to yeah. get a call about that. No, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> she just has a special place in our hearts. And it's one that since I've lived sure. in the Minnesota area, I've come to appreciate more and more. Yeah. Well, and the reason why we're going to talk about her, Mark, is because she is known as the Princess of the Eucharist, uh, the Princess of the Eucharist. So um, what better saint to talk about than, than a saint that is known as the Princess of, this, of, this, this, of the Source and Summit that is the Eucharist. So just a quick bio, Mark, and maybe some of your listeners are familiar with this. Um, given the fact that, um, you know, there are some reservations in your local area. Uh, the first Native American to be declared a saint, that's a thing, <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yet, she was not named Kateri, of course, that's her uh, sacramental name. Delia is her birth name. She was born in 1656 to an Algonquin woman who married the Mohawk clan's chief, Right. It's so fascinating, Mark, to get inside some of these stories and to just appreciate the family context um, that they come from. We've emphasized that word context and the location. Huh? Uh, she was born in what is, well, today upstate New York. Uh, at the tender age of four, she lost her entire family to a smallpox breakout and was adopted, adopted by her uncle, the new chief of the Mohawk clan. So she, um, as, a, as a young girl... Um, would have experienced um, uh, something that maybe most uh, um, young Native American women didn't. Um, but yet, of course, as we'll get into her story, she can, um, every Native American can identify with her. Uh, her early years were marked by the struggle to find her identity, certainly after being struck, uh, struck with smallpox and orphaned. And the smallpox mark breakout left her uh, with permanent facial scars. This is why in most pictures you see that scar, right? And it actually drove her for, for quite some time to cover her face with a blanket, and some images have a blanket over her. Also, Kateri, um, then Delia had to navigate her adopted parents' desire to arrange her marriage. Okay, this would have, would have been custom. And ultimately, it was at the age of 20 that thing, uh, things began to change for her mark. In 1676, Delia's life took a dramatic turn when a Jesuit missionary, praise be Jesus Christ, <laughs> baptized her into the Catholic faith. And it, it was then that she took the name Kateri, which is Mohawk for Catherine. And this was marked after St. Catherine of Siena. After her baptism, she embraced wholeheartedly what it meant to be a daughter of God. Uh, her new identity brought this interior peace. Many of uh, the commentaries on her talked about this. But becoming Catholic also opened her to even more exterior ridicule and persecution from the village. Mark, in one case, for not working on a Sunday, the village refused to feed her. Um, and, it, and because of things like this, eventually, under the spiritual direction of the local Jesuit priest, missionary priest, she was encouraged to flee to Canada. I know you've encountered some of her history there as well. So she followed his guidance and ultimately journeyed 200 miles to a mission in Montreal near the St. Lawrence River. And it was there where she made a vow of virginity and devoted the final four years of her life to prayer, uh, service to the poor, 
and teaching her clan the way of Christ, bringing hundreds and thousands of Mohawk Indians into the Catholic faith. Uh, hundreds and thousands. And why is she called the Princess of the Eucharist Mark? Because she had a deep, deep devotion to the Blessed Sacrament. It was there where she began to pray for her biological and adopted fathers. It was there where she began to pray uh, devoutly for those souls who were brought to her. To her. And it was there where ultimately um, she became the saint that God was calling her to be. Well, Joe, one of the things, you know, I, I'm just, uh, I'd like to tie in. So how these saints tie into what we've been talking about so far this morning. And one of the pieces that stands out to me, I love the quotes of the saints, the, you know, quotable quotes. Um, one of the things she's known for having said, and probably not the only saint to have said this, but nonetheless, uh, quote, I am no longer my own. I have given myself entirely to Jesus Christ, unquote, end quote. Uh, so I'm no Amen. longer my own. I have given myself entirely to Jesus Christ. Um, is this not Eucharistic in and of itself? It's the, the sacrifice, the offering of, of herself. And this ties right mm -hmm. into what we're talking about in regards to gratitude and prayers, uh, prayers of thanksgiving, but also praise. You know, to to be at a, a point in her life, I am no longer my own. She's giving herself completely to Jesus Christ. I give myself entirely. You know, she, again, and I go back to the, the words, she's giving herself entirely to the author. You know, and that she's hmm. resigning any authority that is that would have been her own to that of God, giving herself completely over. This, of course, speaks to Jesus Christ pouring himself, giving himself completely out to uh, his people through the, the sacrifice of the Mass. You know, and hmm. so she's in that incredible great place of imitation, uh, and that's ultimately what we're all called to. So we're all called to. How can we imitate Jesus Christ the best we know how in our state in life? And as you were explaining mm -hmm. a little bit of what that looked like for her in her literal native community, um, is powerful. It's powerful, and and literally, and so what? How much? What significance there is in the name change? You know, no oh, yes. longer. Yep. You know, then taking on the new name, Kateri, and of course, you know. A spiritual giant than Catherine of Siena, um, you know, she chose well. <laughs> she chose well yes. in uh, picking yes. another uh, spiritual giant. Yeah, yeah. And Mark, there's a passage that comes to mind, Romans 12, verse 1 and following. I, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Right, so uh, there you have it. I, I think Romans 12 verses 1 to 2 buttons that up. Uh, Mark, I wanted to share this story here from the life of St. Kateri. Um, I think it speaks to something that I want to get into with the remainder of our time, if you're so yeah, willing. Please do. Um, so uh, St. Kateri died on April 17th, 1680. So she was, what, 24 years old. And it was a French priest by the name of uh, uh, Father Pierre who witnessed something extraordinary at her deathbed. And, and this is what he records. Her face, so disfigured and so swarthy in life, suddenly changed about 15 minutes after her death. And in an instant became so beautiful and so fair that just as soon as I saw it, I let out a yell. I was so astonished and I sent for the priest who was working at the repository for the Holy Thursday service. At the news of this prodigy, he came running along with some people who were with him. 
we then had the time to contemplate this marvel up to the time of her burial. I frankly admit that my first thought at the time was that Catherine could well have entered heaven at the moment and that she had, as a preview, already received in her virginal body a small indication of the glory of which her soul had taken possession in heaven. Wow. Mm. And obviously the news of this scar, uh, her scars disappearing, it spread like wildfire, wildfire mark, and this ultimately, I think, uh, led to the the many more hundreds of thousands that converted because of what took place there. But why did I want to share that story? Mark, there Father Pierre was talking about heaven. Huh? And the thought or the question that, that just kind of popped out to me when when you were talking was, what if we lived our life here on earth as an awe to heaven? I mean, what if, what if everything we did was an experience in awe of what heaven is doing? And just did something, Mark. Right? And the people were in awe of what heaven just did. Not just because it was some physical miracle, for sure, that was part of it, but also because of the life she lived. We need to live in awe of heaven and what God can do in our lives. The Holy Spirit invaded the soul of young Delia and ultimately Kateri Tekuitha through and through, right? From, from toe to head. She lived in awe of heaven. We need to live in awe of heaven. You know, St. Kateri Mark is also the patron saint for people who are ridiculed for their piety. That's an interesting thing to be a patron saint of. If we live in awe in heaven, let the people ridicule us. If we are on bended knee (laughs) 24-7, let the people ridicule us. We have an extraordinary patron saint who is by our side, interceding with us and taking our prayers to Mary and ultimately to Jesus. These, I think, Mark, to some degree are the things that we need to be thinking about as we reflect into these saints, um, as we reflect into this beautiful saint, St. Kateri Tekawitha, um, scarred, and then suddenly the scar disappears. You know, um, there's beauty in the scar, and, and the beauty in the, scar, in, in the scar ultimately is God's mark. And certainly God left his mark with her as she was left in radiant, radiant beauty. Joe, and as you're talking about to, to live uh, with the knowledge of heaven, I, again, I'm, I'm brought back to, we were discussing earlier as far as music and song, um, because song takes us to another place. When hmm. we enter into that worship, and I, and I think of, and not, it doesn't just take us to another place, but as you even you referenced the choir of angels, you know, when we hear something beautiful, we say it sounds angelic. You know, mm-hmm. that sounds angelic. You know, I think of in our, this is a very recent uh, example, in our recent spring live drive that we had for Real Presence Radio here, um, my predecessor, Steve Splonskowski, came in and he and his family have a great gift of song. And they, uh, beautiful, uh, they, they sing all the time in their home. He grew up with it in his home, so he's passing it on to his kids. Um, and one of the things that we would do 
at the top of each hour is we would have uh, somebody come in. Usually uh, children would come in and lead us in prayer. So he had uh, his children came in and Steve was with them and they led us in prayer at the top of the hour. And they sang. I honestly, I don't remember the song they sang, but it sounded beautiful. And what happened? What was the reaction for most of us in the office is everything stopped. You know, and it's not to take anything away, obviously, from prayer and the other times, but there was an encounter with beauty. And it didn't just change the person who was doing the song. You know, it changed the disposition and of hmm. the people who were here in the office. And I hmm. remember hearing a few comments of those who listened and were listening in. It's like, well, what was that? Who was that? <laughs> you know, um, but it was hmm. an encounter of what music does. It does. It, it is living in that anticipation, as you were speaking of uh, earlier, Joe. Um, one of the things, and this is, again, I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth a little bit here, but one last piece I wanted to just add in regarding Kateri Tekawitha. Um, sure. And one of the things, and I, honestly, I didn't really know it until just recently when and running across it, really in preparing for today, was uh, part of Kateri's story that I'd never heard before was a friendship that she had built. In particular, there was one girl that was uh, a young girl close to her age, Maria Therese. I don't know if you read about her. Um, and yes, that was, again, yes. that was the young girl's name who was, uh, Maria Therese was not her baptized name, um, but that was her sacramental name when she converted because she too uh, was a native. Um, this is when she went to Montreal, when Kateri went to Montreal. And what that did for me is, uh, and it was intriguing because, again, the grace of community, Joe, that to not go it alone, and she wasn't alone. You know, she wasn't in it alone. And yet the, the struggles and the sacrifices, all that you spoke of that she endured as a very young person is incredible. And yet God blessed her with companionship. Hmm. And I think hmm. that's, um, it's just so important for those of us, we might feel like for some of us who just might feel really alone in this, you know, as you said, she's the patron or she's the patroness of those who are ridiculed for their piety. You know, when you're ridiculed, you, one of the things that you're really confronted with is isolation and just feeling alone. You know, you don't uh -huh. want to, all of a sudden you're, you're tempted to not want to stand out, which is exactly what the evil one wants. Hmm. And I just, I find that fascinating, you know, because hmm. in that, Reality, the one of the great realities is we are made for greatness. And so, and in that greatness and to really live in that greatness means we're going to be in community and communion with God, which is really so much of what we've been talking about. So we need to end up, end our show here, Joe, but just a, a word of encouragement to our listeners, let us enter into this weekend with the spirit of gratitude, grace, and to pray into the Mass, offering our prayers of thanksgiving. And just see what the Lord does in starting to foster that sense of Eucharistic revival in each of us. Amen. Amen. This has been Awaken on the Real Presence Radio Network. Awaken comes to you every second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 7 a.m. Central with Mark and Dr. Joe Hallcraft. 
Want to listen to the show again? You can find the podcast any time of the day or night on our website at realpresenceradio.com slash awaken or on the Real Presence Radio app in the podcast section. Again, that's realpresenceradio.com slash awaken or in the free Real Presence Radio app. Be sure to join us again next time for more Awaken with Mark and Dr. Joe Hullcraft.